You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Friday, February the 11th. It's the third crossover of the week as Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates is joining the show. We're talking about how the Cardinals are still the likely favorite in the National League Central, what the Pirates can learn from the Cardinals. We're rehashing the debate between Dylan Carlson and Key Brian Hayes, and much, much more on today's episode. So it's going to be a good one. Stay tuned for today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. Thank you for making me and Lucas your first listen of the day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You see our Twitters down there at the bottom, LJ Fastball for Mr. Lucas, at MVP underscore Ethan for me, and at Locked On Pirates. And I believe yours is also at Locked On Cardinals, right? It's no, like, under hyphens or anything. It actually is underscore L-O underscore Cardinals. There we go. Yeah, there's a lot of Cardinals across the network. So uh, yeah. you got to find not, no Pirates, though. There's a lot of Cardinals, though. And I figured... One of the biggest things going into this season for the NL Central, hoping that we get the full season and everything, is you look across this division, and I just want to pose this question to you right up front, is are the Cardinals the best team in the NL Central? Because if you look across what this division has done in the offseason in the short limited time span that they had to do things, the Cardinals didn't get any worse. The Brewers, for all intents and purposes, didn't really get any worse either. But the three other teams, the Pirates, the Cubs, and the Reds, didn't exactly get any better. So is this upcoming year finally the Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader takeover? I would throw Tyler O'Neill in that mix as well when you talk about takeovers. And, you know, I think that it's, it's hard to say right now that there is any other team in the Central that's a lot better than the Cardinals because yeah. the Cardinals got out and got their starting pitcher that they wanted. They got Steven Matz. It's a solid three two on a good day, but, you know, three, four starting pitcher. You've got the Brewers that lost, obviously, El Garcia to the Marlins, I believe, if my mm-hmm. memory serves correctly. The Cubs went out and got Marcus Stroman. But as you mentioned, the Reds and um, Pirates didn't really get a whole lot better. And this is a team that, you know, again, injuries happen to everybody, but without the injuries that they saw in 2021, I think that they would have won the NL Central. Mm-hmm. You saw what they did in June, which was so terrible and bad, and then you saw what they did in September, a historic run. Obviously, there's somewhere in between there, but if you get a somewhat of a healthy pitching staff, you get consistent uh, ABs from Arenado, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, Bader, some of the other names that you mentioned. I think that the, the Cardinals have to be the favorite right now to win the NL Central, and there's still moves that the Cardinals could make to improve the team. Uh, but right now, I think that this is going to be the NL, uh, the division, excuse me, will be the Cardinals to lose. Yeah, and it gets interesting because I had Jeff on here on Monday, and obviously the Reds and the Pirates kind of taking steps back this offseason with the trades and losses of a lot of players. Is it's kind of seeming like the pathway of things right now is you have the Brewers and the Cardinals time right now and then these other three teams the Cubs the Pirates and the Reds could creep up in a couple years but I think this is definitely the time right now for St. Louis to really say okay look at this division right now it's one of the weakest in baseball for all I I think you would agree on that I'd say outside of maybe the AL Central the AL Central definitely still kind of on the the down the down slope at the moment Um, but what do you think again you already mentioned the injury bug from last year Outside of that, though, what do you think the keys are for St. Louis to really say, all right, let's take that next step and go back to winning the division? Starting pitching. Uh, yeah. the, the, the adage earlier in the year was when this team pitches well, they win uh, because that was that was the key to success. When you had Adam Wainwright having arguably somewhat of a career year at the age yeah. of 40, and then you, you had other guys that really just weren't stepping up until you got J.A. Happ and John Lester into the mix later in the year. Um, but you're just going to need – 
uh, better starting pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it looks good from that nature because you're going to have Jack Flaherty coming back. Adam Wainwright's going to be in his final year. And then you're going to have three solid arms, in my opinion. Steven Matz, we already talked about. Miles mm-hmm. Michaels is going to pitch a little bit last season. And somewhat impressed, and Dakota Hudson, who I am extremely high on, on him and his talent level, and I think that that's a pretty solid starting five. And from you know, it might be not as top heavy as say the Dodgers or the Giants of last season, but if you stack it up one through five, I think that it, it stacks up with any other starting rotation in the major leagues. The names might not be there, but I think by the end of the season, the numbers will be there. Yeah, and also the way your season ended last year, you would hope to win the division so that you don't get stuck in that wonderful one-game wild card that uh, all the NL Central teams always seem to run into and end up getting (laughs) bounced from, especially over here. And that's the last time we were in the playoffs, so that's where I'll move into my next question, though, is St. Louis is obviously a very good blueprint to how to be a competitive baseball team. You guys have been competitive pretty much year in and year out for as long as I can remember. Um, So as a Pirates fan right now, a lot of what we're building here is prospect pool. Prospect pool, you've probably heard it from me a million times about the guys that we have and the guys that a lot of them are going to be making their debuts this year. And we'll talk a little bit later about how some of those guys can really come into the fold after some news today. But what can the Pirates learn from what St. Louis has done over not like their entire history, but just recently and how this team continues to compete year in and year out, even if they don't look like the greatest team on paper sometimes. You know, at the end of the day, baseball is a game where you can't just – it's its not as individualized as, say, basketball is. You know, if you have a LeBron James that instantly makes your team that much better. And, you know, Mike, a Mike Trout, a Shohei Otani, a Andrew McCutcheon and his prime, yes, they're going to make differences in, in a lineup. There's no question about it. But I think with what the Cardinals do very well is that they have a very strong one through nine. Mm-hmm. Um, when, they, when they were playing their best baseball, and even – at other times throughout the year you had times where in the season one through eight obviously the, you know nine will be the pitcher in this case but one through eight in the lineup we're all hitting and yeah. you've got guys that that have been brought up to the system like a Tyler O'Neill a Harrison Bader a Dylan Carlson you've got guys that were acquired via big trades Nolan Arenado Paul Goldschmidt and both of those gentlemen will be with the St. Louis Cardinals for the foreseeable future assuming Nolan Arenado does not opt out after the season once again you have a mixture of it and I think that that's what it comes down to is that you can't rely solely on prospects. You can't throw your money at a problem and expect it to get fixed. You know, and the Pirates have been shown to, to not spend a lot of money or any money at all, depending on who you ask. And their prospect pool seems to be getting long, you know, wider and wider and better and better. At some point, the prospects need to turn into Major League Baseball players that yes. can produce. And the Cardinals have been fortunate enough to have good minor league players that, you know, year in, year out, they're, like I said, they're not going to be top heavy on their minor league prospect pool. But those top three or four guys are going to be strong names a Nolan Gorman, a Matthew Liebertor, um, um, Ivan Herrera, excuse me. Um, one of my missing Jordan Walker, <laughs> excuse me. Um, you just have guys up and down the, the prospect line there. It's just a model of consistency that we really don't see a lot in sport that, yeah, they had three year playoff route earlier in this uh, deck or last decade in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they've been very successful and haven't had a losing season since 2007. Yeah. And you know, uh, you can count, I can't even count on 10 fingers, how many losing seasons the Pirates have had since 2007. So hopefully (laughs) at some point they'll be able to take that stuff. Like you said, the prospects is the biggest, biggest deal here. And we can get a little bit more into that before we do that though. I want you guys to all know about the wonderful people over at built bar built bar. Of course, 
Lucas has had it. I've had it. They're the best damn protein bars on the entire planet, as you always see on uh, YouTube all the time. Can't go wrong with them. Now, if you go to the moon, I can't tell you. I don't know what kind of protein they have on the moon. But this is the time of year that I've, you know, there are some New Year's resolutions I've had kind of gave up on them a little bit but guess what i'm sticking to my resolution to eat right i've gotten in the gym i've been doing all that and that's thanks to built bar it almost feels like it's not even a resolution anymore i mean you're eating protein bars that taste phenomenal they taste like candy bars i'd rather have that than a snickers um all built bars of course are covered in 100 chocolate that includes built bar puffs which are the first ever protein infused marshmallow they're fluffy they're marshmallowy and they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 real chocolate as i mentioned make sure you go to builtbar.com and scroll down to the macros chart you'll be blown away high protein which includes 130 calories four grams of net sugar and net carbs and 17 grams of protein and you compare that to a candy bar you're sitting in the 250 and 30 range make sure you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked 15 and you will get 15 percent off of your next order when you use the promo code locked on that is in all caps make sure it's in all caps because i have had people come up to me and say it does not work in lowercase not sure but you know on this podcast we always talk in all caps anyway so make sure again that you use the promo code locked on for 15 percent off of the best protein bars on the planet also, go check out Sully. He'll give you the jingle. I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> um, but last year, if you guys remember around this time, I was still relatively new um, to this podcast network. I've been here for a little bit over a year now. And Lucas was one of my first crossovers. And we talked about young players and it kind of sucked because key Brian Hayes got hurt in the second game of the year. Meanwhile, Dylan Carlson kind of flew high like an Eagle. Um, so revisiting the key Brian Hayes versus Dylan Carlson talk, tell me a little bit about what Dylan Carlson was able to do last year and what you expect from him in 2022 heading into this new season. Yeah. I remember that conversation very well. And I remember then Brian Hayes hit a three run home run of the opening day against Chicago or something yes. bizarre like that. Yeah. And then Dylan Carlson also had a two run home run against the Reds on opening day. So it was kind of, you know, what we thought was going to be the start of an incredible national league rookie of the year race and ended up being a race won by Jonathan India. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Carr of lock on Reds is very happy about that, but I'm, I'm expecting good things from Dylan Carlson in 2022. Mm-hmm. You saw a little bit of the sophomore slump in 2021. A lot of times the swing was going to get real long. He was a little passive and early in the counts. A lot of the times not taking advantage when there's a fastball right there. That, that, that's a learning curve and that, that, mm-hmm. that's a growing pain that, that these players are going to go through. But I think Dylan Carlson, just to focus on him for just a moment, he has the capability in my mind to be a part of the best outfield in all, in all of baseball. I'm not mincing words. I'm going right at it. The combination of Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson, they're all five tool players. They can all hit. Yeah. They can all hit for average when they're on fire. They can all hit, uh, run, field, and throw. They, 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 they can do it all. On any given night, they can impact the game of baseball. Dylan Carlson has a cannon for an arm. His, we saw his range get better throughout the year. And he's he's got a threat that neither you know, the other two have in being a switch hitter. So I think Dylan Carlson, I'm expecting big things in 2022. And it helps that he, he doesn't have to be the guy. I don't know what you mm-hmm. think, but I feel like Brian Hayes might have a little bit more pressure on him. He's trying to revitalize the franchise. He's got to be the guy in that lineup. But Dylan Carlson is either going to hit probably second, fifth, or sixth, depending on the day, because you've got Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Tyler. Yeah. You've got three, maybe four guys ahead of you in the lineup, quote-unquote, that are, are going to be the guy that have been there a while. So you think Brian Hayes has a little bit more pressure? Does that help or hurt him as he tries to regain his status? 
I definitely say um, this about that is I think he kind of did it to himself a little bit with 2020 whenever he hit like 368 or whatever crazy number he had in 2020. And then, of course, he comes into 2021, hits a home run. Of course, the key Brian Hayes train goes way high and then he gets hurt. (laughs) And then he came back and he, you know, he fell to earth a little bit. He had the wrist issues. But I also think the emergence of Brian Reynolds last year as a top outfielder in this league helped that out a lot because it was able to do this weird thing that I even pitched months before it even happened. Brian Reynolds is a number three hitter on this baseball club. There's no problem with that. Key Brian Hayes at times was asked to do that, and he was hitting second, so he was kind of that guy, okay, I have to get on so Reynolds can do his thing. Then they shifted him over to leadoff. And ever since they put him as a leadoff hitter, things changed. And at the end of the day, you remember, you probably remember the play clear as day as I do when he's basically in his own bench in St. Louis in Bushfield and throws out Yadier Molina. Again, Yadier Molina, not the fastest human on the planet Earth, but it was still probably one of the best plays you saw all year. Yeah. Um, but he's more known for his defense. But if he can bring, as you said, like with your outfield being five tool players, if he could be that own kind of guy at third base like a Nolan Arenado who he's been compared to multiple times by credible sources you're talking about a guy that at the end of the day not only revitalizes your franchise but wins multiple gold gloves and again if like you said does he have pressure on him of course he does every single prospect right now has pressure on them brian reynolds has pressure on him because the pirates are just that organization where fans like me or whoever listens to this podcast are longing for those guys that are going to bring this team back into contention like mccutcheon Marte, and polanco did so having a fun outfield like that which you've seen it before in the past but i also have seen it too where you have those guys that consistently day in and day out you already know his arm's gonna work He's going to at least maybe get me one hit every other day or one hit a game, depending on how good he's doing. And I think that's what Key Brian Hayes needs to do. But also looking into 2022 as a kind of like under a microscope, you're going to have guys like um, Diego Castillo come up, Travis Swaggerty, um, Kanan Smith and Jigba, O'Neal Cruz, even a potentially a Leover Piguero, who are going to help the lineup hopefully gain some traction in terms of saying, Key Brian, we don't need you to hit 384. We don't right. need you to hit 290. Just hit 270. Mm-hmm. Be the best defensive player on the team, hit 270, and then that's all you really need to do because I think at the end of the day, his ceiling is very good. Like He can be a very good top player in baseball, but you might not necessarily need that if the puzzle pieces fall together. But as of right now, yes, I would agree. He does have a lot of pressure on him as things stand at the current moment. Yeah, like I said, I think that, that, that's one difference between him and Dylan Carlson. But D- Dylan Carlson isn't only, you know, the pressure isn't only on, not on him in the lineup, but defensively as well. Because mm-hmm. you have a gold glove caliber center fielder and left fielder that have both won gold gloves in Bader and O'Neill. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that Dylan Carlson has just a very smooth, pretty easy swing. Like, like I said, at times a little passive, a little soft, but he, he generates so much power still even with that soft swing. And, you know, you, you usually see a lot of guys have a lot more success for one side or the other. And he was, a, you know, the, the stats will say he was stronger from the right side of the plate. But you also got to look at the sample size from that right side of the plate is a lot smaller. Wasn't facing as much left-handed pitching just because that's how the baseball game is played. But yeah. I'm excited for, for, for this battle <laughs> between between these two because it, it, it doesn't happen very often where you have two 
potential, I'm not going to go as far to say generational type talent, but two potential perennial all-star type talent coming up through the wings within the same division and a pretty good rivalry. You know, it might not be the Cardinals, Cubs or Yankees, Red Sox or things of that nature, but a pretty solid rivalry that has had its good moments for each team over the years. And I think it could be a really good battle between Hayes and Carlson as we move throughout the next couple of seasons. Yeah. And you already mentioned Jonathan India too. So you're talking about three guys. You're talking about a guy who won rookie of the year. You're talking about Key Brian Hayes. And I mean, most people would put O'Neill Cruz in this spot because I mean, you look at the guy and I give him enough praise already, but then I hear other people talk about him and they think he's the second coming of Jesus. I'm like, he's six foot seven at shortstop. I I understand this, but like, let's hold off for a second. I mean, I guess it helps too when you literally had the second fastest exit velocity in terms of when that stat was a thing in your first game in Major League Baseball. So that'll be fun to watch too. And also, I just want to know your thoughts as well on the NL Central, not only the NL Central as well, but where do the Cardinals stack up in terms of the NL as a whole, you think, especially with a lot of the moves that were made across the National League this offseason already? I think the wild card in this, and I don't mean wild card is in second place of the division. I just mean, you know, an unknown variable, in my opinion, are the San Francisco Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not trying to take any respect away from them. I know Ben Caspicos of Locked On Giants is very high on this team, but at the end of the day, did they just overperform for the entire first three-fourths of the season? How, how legit is that talent pool, right? So mm-hmm. are they a legitimate World Series threat again in 2022? I don't know. Are the Dodgers? They might They might be. I'm not sure. They didn't lose a whole lot or haven't lost a lot yet officially, I should say. And you've got the Braves that were, were strong all year. The World Series champions mm-hmm. are going to bring Ronald Acuna Jr. back from injury. And that, that, that's just a strong team at every facet of the game. So I think that the Cardinals could fit in there pretty nicely and be a contender in, in the overall National League standpoint. And as we've seen with any team, but especially as the Cardinals have seen, once you get to October, your records are zero and zero. Cardinals yep. have first inning experience in 2011. I talked about that on Thursday's show with Bryce Patrick of Lockdown Rangers. Even saw it in 2019, you know, when the Cardinals faced the Braves and that historic game five when they had 10 runs in the first inning. And even, even last season, you know, once you got to October, the Cardinals played the World Series favorite Los Angeles Dodgers down to the final pitch of a game, right? Yep. So I just think that it's one of those things you don't know who, who's going to perform in October. But I think that the Cardinals have a really good shot at, at getting to October and putting themselves in a nice position where they're not the second wildcard team. They're, they're probably going to be a division winner and might, who knows, maybe even face the wildcard team as a top team. That would be that would be interesting seeing the Cardinals get all the way up to the number one seed. And also, this is also factoring in too that let's not forget, and I've told people this on this podcast before, the TV deals for the expanded playoff have already been paid for. Right. So the Cardinals getting in the playoffs at that point to me would be a shoe in like at any point. Like I'd be like, hey, look at this roster on paper. If there's six or seven playoff teams, you guys are in the playoffs regardless. And that's what I like that you mentioned about the um, uh, the playoffs in general is I've always been a guy expand the playoffs. And people are like, why? Like there's some really bad teams in there. I'm like, look what the Braves just did. Look what the Nationals did a couple years ago. I mean, it it, it can happen to anybody. Baseball and hockey are the two most unpredictable sports in the playoffs. I don't care what anybody tells me. They're so unpredictable, and anything can happen at any given moment. I I agree. My my, my counterpoint and my my kind of general thought process is I see both sides of the coin. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I guess disregard my counterpoint. I go both sides. Expanding the playoffs is, like you said, unpredictable. It's going to be a great product for the fans. And you know, you're, the, the league will probably make a lot of money with the expanded playoffs because you've got more teams, more TV times, like you mentioned. The, the con to that, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to be, you know, 
get off my lawn type of grandpa type person. But at the same time, <laughs> the playoffs are a postseason, right? It, it should be an, a thing that is hard to achieve. And there, there is a point to where it, is it becoming oversaturated? Are we allowing, we as Major League Baseball, are they allowing too many teams into the playoffs and then, and then the product itself, then the mm-hmm. unpredictability, the wonderment of it, does that decrease? There's an argument to that. I don't really know what side of the coin I fall on, uh, mm-hmm. but the expanded playoffs are something that are being discussed or will be discussed whenever uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association meet. We are going to get to that in just a bit. But before we get to that, I want to tell you, Ethan, and all the listeners out there about Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered this season. They have more props, odds, and lines than ever before as, continue, as football continues its march right to the big game in just a couple of days. BetOnline.net remains the best playoff spot for all your sports scores podcast and news and it's not just football bet online also has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc along with live real-time updates of current games don't wait to take advantage of the amazing new offers available for the 2022 season bet online is where the game starts Oh, yeah. And it's going to be fun, too, because uh, it's also Super Week, as we mentioned. Uh, you mentioned the big game as well. Super Week, and make sure you go use Get Upside. There's no better place to get coverage of the big game than on the Locked On NFL podcast, by the way, which they are actually on Radio Row right now at yeah, um, super the Super cool. Bowl, which is absolutely awesome. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in L.A. all week covering the big game along with some of their NFL coordinators as well. And as Lucas mentioned uh, right before we took that break, uh, there was some news that came came out yesterday uh, from Mr. Rob Manfred himself. A little bit of news. Just a little (laughs) bit of news, you know. I like that he used that right there. Um, At the end of the day, uh, everybody has their thoughts on Rob Manfred. I usually don't share mine just because I think most people know. Uh, But, Lucas, I will let you take the floor a little bit on what you thought about what was said yesterday by the commissioner of baseball. I really thought we were going to have a delayed spring training uh, announced, and we still might. You know, it's still not out of the question. I think they're meeting again uh, Saturday tomorrow, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it was. I think at the end of the day, Rob Manfred hadn't made. I think you brought this up, or somebody brought this up in our group chat. He hasn't made a public appearance, a press conference since before the lockout, nope. and I think that that is just. You know, I'm not going to say ridiculous, but it, it begs the question: Why hasn't he? You know, why hasn't he given an update? Why hasn't he been more transparent? And you know, th- there's arguments to both sides, and I'm not going to say which side I'm on, but there's an argument to say both sides just need to get together between the players' mm-hmm. association and the owners because at, at this point, gets brought up a lot. The only ones who really suffer throughout all of this are the fans, and because that, mm-hmm. that's what this product is for, right? And that's what these players are getting paid to do. But there was some. Some positive movement. Uh, the universal DH was universally agreed upon. Rob Manfred talked about that. Uh, also talked a little bit about the draft lottery compensation and service time a little bit, um, helping the free agent pools out and things of that nature. I like the universal DH. So do um, I. I, I, I I'm, I'll rephrase that. I, I'm content with the universal I'm DH. Um, you know, because the, the the chess game of the NL can be fun at times when it's done right, but I understand that you don't want uh, pitchers getting hurt like Jack Flaherty did in late May, and mm-hmm. at, even if they don't get hurt, it's it's very rarely exciting to see a pitcher come to the come to the dish. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be in terms of the news from Rob, Rob Manfred yesterday. Um, so I guess that's a positive to, to take out of it. It wasn't terrible news. That's the yeah. positive from the announcement. 
and at the end of the day, also, it begged the question of, okay, let's say Rob Manfred did come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to have a delayed spring training on February 10th. Spring training is not supposed to start until, I believe, March 1st, right? Or fe- like the end of this month. Pitchers and like- catchers report before that, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also, it's like if he goes out and says that, he's already not the most likable character. I, mm-hmm. I think people already know that. I think that would have probably set aflame a lot of people and um, also players and owners alike. And I'm with you on that too. Um, at the end of the day, we make content for our fans here who listen to our podcast. And to do that, we're fans of these teams. And as you mentioned already, it just it, it's infuriating a little bit to say that, okay, we host a podcast about the Pirates and the Cardinals, but we might have to wait another month or two to even see our teams play, which if you didn't forget – the Pirates and the Cardinals are slated to start the season against each other on March 31st. So hopefully me and Lucas will be seeing that. But I will say with each passing day, even if you're announcing that you're meeting and all this stuff, more than likely if all I keep hearing from these meetings is, oh, they weren't expected to sign a deal today anyway, which we've heard from Jeff Passan about four times now. Um, the, The start of the season, starting on time is scheduled just grows dimmer and dimmer to me i just i don't see it starting on time if what is today the 11th i don't think if it is not done by the 21st which is two mondays from now i think that's when you can really start to panic i agree and if spring training is delayed i don't think that that necessarily means the season will be delayed because i think there's a huge argument to be said that spring training is too long uh, it's it's that long for the pitchers, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the hitters are done probably by the second week and getting their timing yeah, back. The pitchers just need more time. And, you know, I was a pitcher in high school, so I'm not trying to equate myself with a major league pitcher, but I, I get it, right? Um, but I think that what yeah, – I agree with you. Once we get into late February and we haven't even started spring training yet or pitchers and catchers haven't even reported yet, that's when opening day becomes uh, in jeopardy, not just spring training opening day. Uh, but as we kind of wrap up, we mentioned the DH. I want to ask you, who do you think the Pirates' DH is on opening day in 2022, whenever that is? Is it a, is it a prospect? Is it somebody on a team? Do they sign somebody? Who's your prediction for the Pirates' DH on opening day? I want to say O'Neill Cruz. I just don't think he's going to start on the roster on opening day unless he really they are really blown away. Uh, I think they're going to want him to get a little bit more time in AAA. If you had to ask me now who it would probably be, uh, I mean, one of those middle infielders that you have probably. So you have the mixture of Kevin Newman, Hoy Park, Rodolfo Castro, um, Tucapita Marcano, all those guys that are going to be fighting in that spot. So it's probably going to end up being one of those guys just to get their bat in the lineup. Because, I mean, you have eight or nine middle infielders on your 40-man roster. you got to give these guys chances to hit the baseball and see what they can do to see who you're really going to choose. So that's probably what's going to happen. Um, and then I think O'Neill Cruz can shift into that role eventually. On top of the fact, too, that you also have some of these young outfielders that are going to be moving up as well, like Greg Allen, who you picked up from the Yankees via waivers. He's a DH option as well. And that's what I think the DH does for the NL very well, too, that the AL get, got the advantage of all this time, is if you're looking to get a guy into the lineup just to see his bat, the NL wasn't really ever ever able to do that. Even if the guy was a fielding liability, you had to stick him out there in the lineup just to see him bat. Now you don't have to do that anymore. So that's where I'm at. The Cardinals probably have a lot more better options to throw out there at DH. I will definitely go out and say that. 
Well, there's a, a lot of different avenues that they can go for uh, from that from that standpoint because you have the wild card or the, the variable of a, a Trevor Story signing still in play, right? Then do you move Paul DeYoung to DH? Do you bring a Nolan Gorman up to DH because the Cardinals need a left-handed bat in that lineup because mm-hmm. they don't have a true left-handed bat right now. They've got switch hitters and Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson, but a true left-handed bat and a power bat at that. A fit that I think would be great, and I wouldn't – put it as top of the priority list because of the options that I mentioned. You could even put Sosa at short and Paul DeYoung at DH, but with, you know, you have two options for DH minimum and Paul DeYoung and Nolan Gorman, in my opinion. But a fit that I would like to see outside of the organization, Kyle Schwarber. Left-handed power bat that the Cardinals could really use in the middle of that lineup or even at the top of the lineup because he has experience doing that as well. You slot Tommy Edmond down to the six or seven, and he's able to you know make some contact and drive in mm-hmm. some runs the old-fashioned way a little bit. So I think that could be a legitimate option. I, I think that the Cardinals lineup would be at its best if you were be able to throw a left-handed power bat yeah. in there, and that would be a Kyle Schwarber or a Nolan Gorman. I think those are the two options or two goals for me at least in my mind realistically i think it'll be probably nolan gorman or paul DeYoung as a full-time dh but we'll see what kind of money the cardinals want to spend once this lockout ends priority should be the bullpen but if they can get kyle schwarber at a regional reasonable price go for it i mean hey if you can get trevor story for any price go for it. <laughs> that's all i got to say and that's going to be point. interesting too as we wrap up this podcast to see how these nl teams actually start like you know, making these signings when the lockout ends. If you have a universal DH, that opens up a lot of possibilities for a lot of these teams. And it's going to be very fun. But Lucas, where can the wonderful people find you? And what do you have slated on your podcast maybe for the next couple of weeks as this whole lockout ensues? Well, you can find my Twitter right down here if you're watching on YouTube at LJ Fastball. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Locked on Cardinals podcast is on any and every podcasting platform for free as well as on YouTube. Actually, I'll shout out this week's worth of content. It was crossover week, an inadvertent crossover week on Locked on Cardinals. Had Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres on Wednesday, Bryce Patrick of Locked on Rangers on uh, Thursday yesterday. And he is a trooper. We, We talked about 2011 World Series. He was a trooper for talking about it. It was really fun to uh, mm-hmm. recall that series. And then uh, your show's out today here on Friday for the crossover week on Locked on Cardinals. Oh, yeah, of course. And you guys already heard all of his stuff. You could find our podcast here at Locked on Pirates, the same places you could find his Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Megaphone, Google Play, Spotify, you know, YouTube, everything. If you want to see my face every day, YouTube's the best way to do it. You can also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan right there. And Lucas, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. I appreciate it so much. And I'm sure hopefully by the time March 31st comes around, hopefully we'll be doing an opening day preview podcast in a, about a month or so. So hopefully we Fingers get there. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed on that one. But guys, thank you so much for tuning in on this wonderful Friday, February 11th. Have a wonderful weekend as we have the Super Bowl this weekend. Make sure you use Bet Online to do all of that as well. As thank you for making us your first list of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend.